0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 54. I'm Christina Suzama, Mai, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Now, at any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Now, if you prefer, you can dial into our conference line at 323-476-3672. The ID is 607-393-POUND. If that went by a little too quickly for you, not to worry. The number will appear on the screen during the show. Today is a very, very special day for me and members of the Yoga Hub family, but mainly for me because I have a very dear, dear friend, sister from many lifetimes (laughs) who will be sharing with us the ancient tradition of Ho-Ho-Ho. you see, I even tripled on that. <laughs> we are honored to have our very special guest today. She is 44th generation Hawaiian, travels around the world teaching and sharing the ancient Hawaiian arts. Her work and collaboration with other indigenous cultures continues to support individuals and communities throughout the world to bring peace and healing to our planet. Let us welcome Haliaka Iolani Pule, also known as (laughs) Anti-Aka. Aloha! Aloha, my dear friend! Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad to be here. Well, we feel your
1: presence all the way here on the mainland. I am sitting in Kona, so it's quite the perfect little swoop to go ahead and send aloha out to everybody. Thank you, thank you. I'm,
0: you know, I I will just uh, um, let everyone know. Open your hearts and your minds, and just take this in (laughs) while you have the opportunity to do so. So. People, you are known as uh, Antioca through most of the world. Can you tell Uh us a little bit about how that came to be, you know, the
1: lineage of your ancestry? Oh, boy, I don't think we have enough time, but I will give you a general little little pointer here. Um, In my home, uh, there was plenty of kids, so us guys all pretty much did everything that we could to go ahead and assist and help each other. Um, I was very lucky. I was chosen at a very young age. Um, I actually had special special needs. I was a special needs child. There we go. And <laughs> In mother, those
0: days, was it considered ADD, ADHD? <laughs>
1: oh, no. I was, it had nothing to do with that, actually. It had uh, a lot to do with... Um, me disturbing my parents in the middle of the night, you know, nobody wanted to get me out of my playpen. I I would make all the house lights go on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off until somebody woke up and did. And so until, because that started disturbing my parents' ability to go to work, my grandmother then was called in and she took me and she raised me and taught me how to be um, a little bit more disciplined with that type of abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at a very young age, I was taken by my grandmother and um, also back and forth into my house. My grandmother at the time was a translator for the genealogical research facility that we have here in Oahu, and um, she basically translated all the ancient um, genealogies so that people could find themselves their families uh, beyond the surname you say there's a lot of hawaiian families here that they go four five six generations and then boom there's no surnames beyond that and then we have multiple naming you know so there's a lot of ancestors that in each successive generation they carry the same name for Mm. a reason of course because the name is the medicine yeah and and so she made it impossible for everybody else to be able to find their way and and find their way to their ancestors and vice versa. Um, she was also a Ho'oponopono specialist during that time, and I traveled with her to many of the outer islands, assisting her in most of my lifetime, actually, until she passed away. Her first her. First cousins and her created this network. It was a network of women, actually, you know, all beautiful kupuna um, or wisdom keepers for that matter. We use the term kupuna also to refer to our elders, but Mm. kupuna actually is the source or the spring of knowledge. And so my grandmother told me a long time ago that not. All elders are kupuna and not all kupuna are elders. In other words, that that we tap into different sources of different levels of knowledge from a whole variety. In other words, open your mind. Yeah, it can come in from anywhere and everything and recognize it for the blessing that it is. You know, um, she worked very closely with her first cousins, this network of women, I wouldn't refer to them as a coven. Of course not. Um, they were in Kalamai, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> uh, uh, but they—they they actually were very instrumental, you know, in a lot of what Hawaii now and and the world now knows about Hawaii. Um, a grand aunt of mine was Mary Kavena Pukui. She was not only is she recognized as the writer of the Hawaiian language dictionary with Samuel Ebert, but she also is the one that started the Hawaiian studies program at University of Hawaii. She ran it for 35 years. She the, Most of the teachers that are out there now were her students, if not her students, students. She brought the language back into the schools. She brought the cultural understandings back into the schools. Up into my childhood, I was only learning about American history. Here, I had no idea why I needed to learn about this guy named Custer until I started working with the tribes that Custer affected. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I realized that they all have their space and they all have their place. You know, in in being able to to better assist and support what's going on in this world. Um, my grandmother's other, well, Tutukhavena also was very well known for all the books. I mean, if anybody wanted to punch your name into Google, you'll be very surprised at the amount of books that she wrote that are still being used in schools and in colleges today. Uh, to be able to teach people about our culture, Mm -hmm. our language, our understandings, our thoughts, you know, and and how we believed, our mindset, you know, where we sat with understanding and being able to see the world in the way that we see it. And um, that was my grandmother's first cousin. Women that, you know, pretty much are, beautiful, simple women that I grew up around. Mm. Um, back then, in those days, it was just antique, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, Nowadays, it's like there were women that really loved what they were doing and spent their entire life doing it to the best of their ability to ensure that the information, that the knowledge, or otherwise referred to as mana'o, was not lost in the annals of time, you know that it continued to live, that it continued to thrive. I asked my grandmother a long time ago, when I first started learning about the Hawaiian um, culture, how people, how Captain Cook came and all this stuff. And I asked her, I said, you know, because there's this big sovereignty issue also, of the things that were not done so, porno, so right. Um, I asked her about that and she goes, she looked at me and she listened to what I had to say. And she says, very simply, how else will the world learn about aloha? Hmm. How else will the world be able to understand how to love things without no conditions being attached to it? No attachments to the outcome. I'm loving you so that I can get this. None whatsoever whatsoever. You know, and she really believed that Hawaii needed its experiences that it's had in order to go ahead and effect change in the world, the ways that we choose to do it. Aloha is but one of those ways, the main way. Mm. Mm. And then she had other cousins too, you know, um, Mona Simeona. Was another cousin. She was the creator of the foundation of E, um, self-discovery through Hooponopono. Uh some of her teachers, most most of the people that, that understand um hooponopono now is has learned it through a variety of different books written and or videos that were done and taken of anti morna students. Yeah. You know, um Mabel Katz being one of them um, Joe Vitale, being another one of them, uh, Doctor ihaliakalahu Ihaliakalahu-Lin is another one of them. Those are my Auntie Morna's students, and we know as well as it's being it's it's very uh, clear in most of their writings that she modernized it, she shifted, adapted it, and modernized the method in order to share it. With people that didn't necessarily understand the way we seen things, the way we walked in this planet. And um, she made it easy for people to be able to grasp at that knowledge, at that understanding, and, and be able to use it in the ways that they could to better themselves and to help to heal themselves and through that others She's gone all over the world with that also back in the 60s, if I'm not too mistaken. In the late 60s, she was actually doing work on the international level already, um, 70s. And it's it's kind of what's important to do for, for all of us, that it's important for us to let people know that there is a way, that there is a way. You know, that um, hope is but the doorway to faith and trust. And this is how you can go beyond just hoping for change, you know, actually having an action, you know, the ability to perceive and to shift and grow with the changes that are needed, you know, in order to uh, support and assist and love. Um so I kind of grew up underneath these women. I assisted. In other words, I would go and grab my bucket and go get them what they needed. Uh, if there it was lapaau or medicine that was needed, I would gather it. Um, if there was anything else that was needed, I would do it. If they had a family member of of a family member that would come, that would seek help or healing that was needed from across the world or different places. They would use me as a child as the proxy. In other words, I would be used as the individual in certain ways to go ahead and effect change or healing in the in the person that was in the hospital room halfway around the world. And that happened for me when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And so a lot of a lot of what I teach now, in fact, all of what I teach now came through acquired knowledge by being the assistant of these women that wrote the first books on it. And and that was because of their choice to make sure that nobody else lost it Mm -hmm. because they seen the change of the world and they seen Mm -hmm. what people are starting to hold more important than others. Like in the old day, the word of mouth was so powerful. And then the shift, you know, nowadays you can't just, or back then, they didn't, they seen that people didn't pay as much attention to what was coming out of the mouth anymore. And that they had to go ahead and put it and place it down into the books in order for for people to see that there was such worth, you know, and it was, it was a scary time for them. But they did it diligently, with a lot of prayers attached, of course. So yeah, that's kind of how I acquired what I do right now. I learned, <laughs> I have learned the traditional way of Ho'oponopono, which is which basically means how to restore, how to make, to have, to hold, and to give that which is right. It's because Ho means to have, to hold, to make, and to give. It's, it's a it's a it's a word that's in movement, mm. yeah. And pono means essentially by itself it means right, but when we use the two words together, pono pono, it's that specific type of right that really is like a part of God's world. Mm. In other words, we all can experience the same experience, but every single one of them will perceive it in different ways. And who are we to say that we're right and that person is wrong? We all have that grain, but we all have to look at what our attachments to it is. Hmm. I know, I know. That's a deep one. It's
0: eh? it's uh, uh, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> it's all pretty deep. <laughs> um, Aka, so our understanding right now of Ho'oponopono, it is. It, it's sounds like it is one of the most important traditions in, within your culture. Is it I mean, a so- tradition? Is it a religion? Is it a way of life? What is it when it's it's come down through the centuries, through the lineage?
1: You know, I, I gotta tell you, but um was created because out of need, right? But there's there's a time in our lives that there was no need. And so the method itself was created in order to restore that which was going out of balance, out of whack, out of harmony, you know. And and it was usually designed to, number one, be recognized immediately and addressed immediately. Now we utilize it in ways that we have to strip things back like as if it's an onion, layer by layer, each one causing tears, each one sometimes has pain attachments, a lot of times, in fact. And um, being able to reveal the source of each of these uh, points or, or pains or hurts. You know, my grandmother's uh, specialty was um, looking at people's ailments and looking at the parts of the body that they had it on, being able to determine through the part of the body that they have it whether it was theirs or something placed upon them, whether it was through a choice of their own that created it, or again, something that they received from outside forces. And if it was their own, whether it was something that they received because of actions that they had done and or actions that was carried through their blood. In other words, residual effects of a genetic attachment to actions that were done sometimes thousands of years in the past, but still lives in the blood. Now, sometimes that can be deep for a lot of people to understand, but if you also understand the term genetic ailments, where you have uh, the propensity to be able to receive a heart attack like your father did, or cancer like your mother did, and so forth, you also have the abilities to... Have eyes like your father, a smile like your mother, hair like your grandmother. All of these things are just tangible. You can see them, but know that you can carry all of it. All the old stuff, the old memories, the things that they believed in, the things that they loved, the things that they died for. All of those memories sit and they are in your blood. Your life spark inside of you activates that. It activates that blood. So a lot of times we're like this whole big flow of memory, of knowledge. We carry, you know, most people when they talk to me about the Akashic, you know, because my name is Akashic, I was like, you know about the Akashic records? Then I said, well, it's inside of us. They kind of look at me like, you know, it's, it's inside of us. Because our ancestors were here for many generations, and we're attached through our blood and through our cells to every single generation that went behind us. We're also attached, just like our hair is attached to our parents and our eyes to our parents and our nose and all these physical characteristics to the actions, the emotions, and, and the, the mental awarenesses of each of those levels. I mean, and it comes out again and again through ailments and a variety of other ways, not just the negative what we would see as an ailment but also through the positive ways also yes yeah, so
0: and, and also on uh, i think another level some people will call it the cellular memory, yeah some people
1: use that term yeah, also yeah
0: so with um with a whole pono is is it's um the little understanding that I have is it in simplifying it. Would would you say it's like to to write what is imbalanced or write what is um, uh, wrong
1: to make right? To make right, yeah. You know when I when I use the term to make right, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily add that that heavy connotation of to change that which is wrong. I'm not gonna sit here and be the one that says that that's wrong because it might have been right for the individuals that were involved. Um, mm, that's very interesting.
0: It is isn't it? That's very interesting. Because well, you're you start, not imposing it upon someone else. This is right. this is your own perspective of what you feel is off and not an alignment to create that alignment back for
1: oneself, Well you know the, the, the core of it really is when you have problems, if we have problems with the world that's around us, you know what we're asked to do is to look at what's inside of us that sees it as a problem. Mhm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and that is the hardest that, thing. For most exactly. people to do, it's always what's out there as opposed
1: to what's in here. <laughs> it's very hard for a lot of individuals, which yes. is why most times it implodes and comes out as ailments. Yes. Stress, hard blood pressure, Depression. yes. Depression. All of this type of stuff when they start going, Oh my God, everything is around me is taking a crap. Ah, oh, what can I do to change it? <laughs> help me, help me. You know, and that's where Come in and say, and you know, a lot of times people don't want to know how easy it can be. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing for people to take. They're, just, they're always telling me, "There's got to be more," and I always would tell them, "Why? <laughs> Why does there have to be more?" They're like, "Well, because it's too simple." I said, "Who said?" It's too simple. You have to do this and you have to be able to go through that layers. There's some work involved if you want it a little bit more harder. But yes, the concept is deep and the work is very simple. It's very simple. So very fearful for a lot of people, but so as people start going through the work, they start recognizing all the stuff that they've acquired. Can kind I of like going to a swap meet and picking up all this stuff and trying to haul it home?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be easy if you're just hauling it home, honey. It's when you're hauling it for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's that's the that's the little piece there that you know you you are when they called it baggage, when they have the term baggage, (laughs) (laughs) some people have trunk loads loads and, and it isn't, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. It's simple. Yeah. It's simple. As you say many times, it takes a lot of tears, a lot of, A lot of meditative breathing to hold that ground while you are moving and peeling back those layers. And a
1: lot of you saying to yourself, you know, and and forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself for, for not honoring yourself. That's like really deep, heavy, more of the core stuff right there. A lot of people are... It's very easy for a lot of people to say, look, 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 look. They're the reason why I feel this way. You're the reason why you doing this makes me feel like this. But a lot of times they won't say that. They'll respond in different ways. If we kept things clear, the response would be a little bit more clearer. But we're you know, but then again, we're also not here to judge what each other's responses are, just what our own is. We don't pay for what others say, or what others do, or how others respond. We pay for how we respond, what we say, what we do. And if we have the opportunity to take all of the universal power that's flowing through us all the time, anyway, from the sun that's above us to the air and the oxygen that's flowing through us, all of this mana, this power that's coming to us from the world around us, as we draw it in with each breath and we use it in the words that we say, and we know that each of these words are a manifestation of the universal power that flows through us, wouldn't you choose to say words that would be life-giving instead
0: beautifully said beautifully said, it's true, it's true we take so much in life for granted and words are fleeting they roll off our tongue, we don't think about it before we speak um, there is a, a, the pace of life now has moved so fast And I understand a little bit right at this moment about how Oopono (laughs) pono, came to be because, as you say, there was no doubt a time where it wasn't necessary. But as life began to move faster and faster, the pace started to come in. Now we're at warp speed and we're still not, finished yet (laughs) we're at warp
1: speed look what what we're doing right now what's happening with society right now is more people is on a level of response instead of necessary action instead of pro action yes we're responding 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 Oh, oh oh no my mortgage is coming up i gotta go to work i gotta do all this stuff that i don't necessarily like doing so that i can pay for the things that i really like in order to have that one or two day off so i can do what i really love Oh, my goodness, there's a serious dis- Im- imbalance and serious disharmony going on.
0: <laughs> In your case, just sell it all, move to Hawaii and enjoy the
1: sun and the sand and the chirping no, birds my, and the roosters. I fully believe that if you do what you love doing, what, you, what brings your body up to that highest state of vibration that you have, That's when the universe says, okay, there we go. We got that. And it sends us the experiences that allows us to continue to vibe at that high of a state and high of a level. Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize that when they start worrying about the bills and not being able to make it, if that's what's peaking in their vibrational state, that's what the universe will go ahead and provide. It will provide those experiences that continue to peak in that high state making you still worried about not having enough to pay your bills. You know, the the simplicity of it is we're the only ones that say that this is negative and this is positive. The universe does not say that. The universe does not tag whether or not this is good or this is bad. Those are human emotions spread through human words It's our form of judgments, of something that the universe just refers to as pure mana, pure power. For them, it's aloha. It's the blessing that they continue to give. For us, we take it in, things around us happen. We tag it, we judge it, name it. We give it a good or bad, a light or dark attachment. something that we all need to sit and think about the universe is looking at us from like this we're looking at things like this you know and everything is good That's it's so important what we were talking about earlier the challenges are the greatest teachers they show us or they help us to see just what we're made of how capable we truly are They'll shake us out of those little boxes that comfort pads that most of us have. You
0: know, <laughs> That's the cord- illusion. The illusion of the comfort pad. Because, it is. You know, and it's very interesting. In society, there is a level of being that is considered a comfort zone. Yeah. This is the way I want to live. This is the kind of house I want. This is the kind of car I'd like to drive. This is this is how I'd like to retire. This is how I, you know, they, they're they're very, as you say, they're the boxes that we yeah. have created, and that you know, those levels from, are
1: attached to what others think of them. Yeah. This is how I want other people to see me. These these icons actually portray uh, how um, successful I am. Yes. Yes, I mean we have
0: created it as a society. I'm not saying all societies and all cultures, <laughs> but very much well, so. I'm sure you. I mean, I I even have seen it throughout. You know, uh, Hawaii as well. It's throughout the world.
1: It, it is. It's all over. There's no place untouched. Yes. There's a tea there or a radio there. It's touched. Yes. You yeah. know, and, and that's true. Um, most people actually don't necessarily have an understanding as to why and how this form of economy was created. Uh, And tribal views, working with so much different tribes, including coming from our own tribe here, and our own levels of understanding. We know that there is a time that we're all waiting for. We know that we were all placed here to help assist and support each other until that time these are core understandings and I've learned this and understood this from tribes I mean there was a time when I was working with 229 tribes in this world and they all have this bare understanding that this is the time these are the times Now, when people start saying okay the time for what What time is it? You know, and I don't want to limit what I believe that time to be by using words to describe all that it can be. The unlimited potential of all that it can be. I know that it's a time of heightened forms of love, Awareness, consciousness, activity, the joining together, the full understanding of it all. I also know that we have to go through a variety of challenges in order to go ahead and see those results for what they truly are, the blessings that we've been receiving all this time. We're all moving into that stage right now. And so Ho'oponopono is a way of being able to strip back the layers of our experiences that have added their own stab or poke or, or arrowhead or pain or fracture to this body, this kino that we have that kind of jades... Or colors the lens that we see life through. It also colors how we respond in these situations and the magnetic forces that come off of us that call certain experiences and actions in. Uh, these are the facets that we take care of. Um, I'm a root digger, like my grandmother. Behind me, we look to the source. We seek the layers. We travel through time and space sometimes in order to find the initial wrong. For a lot of the modernized way of doing it, it's just the acknowledgement that you have all these attachments and asking the child that's inside of you, for forgiveness for that forgiveness for those pains, those hurts that this child has picked up and gathered along its journey I always found that there was a lot of worth in understanding the levels that went on behind all of this because it allowed those old ones that are still attached See, you know, one facet of that type of, that form of Ho'oponopono, or that facet of Ho'oponopono, is the fact that there's a lot of spirits that are trapped between worlds out here. In between worlds, they've not fully crossed over. A lot of times it has a lot to do with the ways that they had died in battle, wars, a lot of battlegrounds outside there. I tell you, when I go journeying to Europe and stuff like that, it's like, whew, I'm going to take a lot of salt water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of TVs. But I end up working more with them than I do the people. But it's all the same. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I go and do what I can do. Uh, it's important for people to recognize that there is a possibility That these issues are coming up in your life right now because there is unfinished stuff that's going on. And it it might just lead to your own ancestors that haven't necessarily passed fully over. That we have the responsibility not just to ourselves, but for those that we represent. And for those that we guide, those next generations that will come after us, we're doing the work ourselves by clearing, and opening the way, and settling, and forgiving, and releasing through our forms of puno, making these each of those levels right, and restoring that to right again and again and again. It will affect every single. Person that is connected to you. So, by me doing it, my brothers and my sisters all receive it. Their children receive it. Just like my children do. Our ancestors have received it. On and on and on. And this whole I and mean, you affect the web. And knowing that, it also allows us to make certain choices making those choices that we know that will continue to strengthen our part of that entire web. Hmm. Now,
0: uh, I'd just like to read out this uh, comment that came in uh, before I ask a question, which is, uh, Aloha, I love this tuning into the simplicity of life and life-giving words that flow from us. Uh. That was: That's a
1: Beautiful.
0: A, Thank you. comment. Thank you. That's a beautiful comment.: Now, Aka, as you speak, I know that there is going to be uh, the question that this being, or this acceptance um, of forgiveness, this awareness to create for oneself. Of forgiveness and creating the balance. Is this on a spiritual level through the mind? Is it on a physical level where you feel like you have done something not right to someone? Um, Does this include apologizing to the individual? Um, You know, what form, what form does this take?
1: All of those and then some. Oh, let's fly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of times, to lessen my own ego about it. I'll stand at the, the edge of the sea, and when I walk in and I ask for the ocean to wash me, I ask forgiveness for anything that I might have said or done that might have hurt, harmed, or endangered any life force on this planet. Because there are a lot of times that we get so busy in this world that we don't n- do things necessarily consciously or unconsciously. I always address the fact that there, is, there might have been a chance that I might have hurt somebody or something or some tree or some animal and and forgive me for that I do that all the time I may teach people how to do it but I'm telling you something I clean more than anybody else I know <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, I don't know about that <laughs> I wash all the time What I mean by wash is like, I literally go in and I do a form of ritual ceremonies that help to clean myself both physically as well as spiritually, Mm -hmm. mentally, as well as emotionally. It releases my ties to all of it and releases their ties to all of this.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, so beautiful. Now, is this um, a piece of a bigger whole? Yes, this is. It's just a piece. Big piece, but yes, it is a big
1: piece of a bigger whole.
0: Because we we, we have had uh, an individual also come on, uh, actually during our virtual conference, speak about aloha. Yeah, and of, that's right. of course, to that's most of the world, of aloha is a greeting. <laughs> they're, they're, the, the understanding and the meeting behind those words being said is mm-hmm. so full that that's right. I almost feel like that is another part of the whole. It's like, but, here are pieces of the pie.
1: This is a... Ho'oponopono is being able to restore through aloha. It is all about aloha.
0: Mm. That's why... It's,
1: uh, that's why my group is called Mission Aloha. Mission Aloha is about being able to share, share aloha and always, always possible. Uh, for me, I've chosen a method of sharing it, and that's how to restore things back into its right space, the right place, mm-hmm. because. We love each other and because we need for people to realize how important each and every one of us is into this whole big picture, you know, this whole big story that's unfolding right now. It's important for all of us to recognize just how special we all are in this big picture. And so Ho'oponopono helps people to find themselves and helps people to Recognized that sacred specialness of them, that they actually, actually are a key player in mm. all of this, you know? Mm. It's just not, a, it's not just about me or, or them. It's about you too, all of you, you know? And, and that's the fantastic part of it all. Like we share aloha. Uh, Allowing you to see how beautiful you are, how special you are, you know, and because of that, how that type of aloha, that that love that can only come from that which creates us all the way around us, how it enfolds us and embraces us all the time. You know, aloha is something that we're receiving. We're not just here to give it, we're receiving it. But by receiving it, our job is to give it. It's like accepting air and oxygen. And the plants and trees around us, in their aloha, they give us. And they don't place no attachment on it. What I mean is, they don't say, I'm going to give you oxygen today. Or I'm going to clear the air for you today so that you can live a better and longer life only if you take care of me. And then they withhold it until that is done. They don't do that. You know, what they're doing, what each of these are doing, each of these beings, the symbiotic relationship that's going on, the seamless interaction and life-giving forces that are being shared, that's
0: aloha. Mm, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Aka, um, through this practice are there um, are there chants, are there meditations? You know, we hear you speak about cleansing, we hear you speak about, you know, just uh um being aware um are there other, these other components that support the practice? Ah, yeah, there's
1: a lot of there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Yes, right? I speak um I actually because I teach the traditional method, upon upon of Ho'oponopono, the ancient form.
0: Okay, so so okay, the, you teach the ancient por- form. Yeah. And so there are many forms of it out there. There are two forms because you were saying one of your aunts oh, had okay. simplified one of the uh, had simplified the traditional form, so it's easily accepted by other communities.
1: No, 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 no. It, its natural form is simple, mm-hmm. but it's simple because we were raised to understand things in a different way. What she did is she modernized, modernized. ancient form. Yeah, she modernized, changing it to utilize. More of what people out here in the in the other parts of the world could understand, uh, without being able to lose any of that. So there was some stuff that was left home, needless to say, and and there was a reason for that. Unless they walk, you know, it's kind of like the old Native American saying: unless they walk ten miles in our tea leaf slippers, not a lot of people would understand why we did things the way we did. How we seen the world and how that understanding held us mm. our responsibility to the world around us, so it shifted, she changed it, she modernized it, and she changed it, and she left a section of it that which was which was very Hawaiian she left at home. There was an understanding with her and her cousins, they seen that it was important for people to start learning it and understanding it they also seen that not a lot of people would understand it in its ancient and traditional way. So they needed to go ahead and, and adapt it a little bit and shift it and change it just a little in order for people to understand it, to see it and go, oh, I get it, you know, and, and, and open those levels of understanding well, what her, her thought and, and you know my grandmother's Sims thoughts were on that era of their life was that by opening the mind, the spirit, the heart, the kino, uh, in that way that the old ones or that higher levels of understanding would come, and that it would reveal itself. It would open itself up for the people. They were active in the work. You know, so that the knowledge that wasn't being taught would be internally, spiritually, as they heighten their levels of consciousness. So I teach a traditional form. The traditional form is the way I was raised. I am a caretaker for our family temple here at Kealakekua Bay. It's called Hikiao. It's um a temp it's actually a, a variety of temples, a uh, temple complex that trained all the ancient levels of priesthood, three different orders of priesthood that we had here in the ancient days. I am that's where I am the forty fourth generation of my family present there to not just be one of the kahuna Nui's, My ancestors were all the high the hard kahunas there. It's also the temple where King Kamehameha became king and a variety of other things that have unfolded there. And so I I take care of that area, that space and that place. And I teach around the world the traditional form because people around the world are coming to understand and coming to terms with their native self. They're starting to not just seek it, but to, to really want it to really want to understand this core part of, of each and every one of them. Yeah. Everybody a Native from some place. Everybody. Everybody's a Native. And that's my concept here. You know, it's not just us and them. We are all Natives of this earth. And so we all are here to assist and help each other. There have been some wrongs that have been done in our histories. And all of our ancestors did what they had to do in order for them to survive sometimes. But now that we are here at this point, this crooks in time, this point in time where it's important for us and we are able to ask for and receive forgiveness on such a level that restores so much to people's spirit, people's heart, blood, the settling of a lot of old scores, a lot of spirits being able to be passed over, so much things being cleared up on so much levels. It opens the way for a lot of things to happen instead of, like, walking through mud. Mm. Like, it's pretty tiring, doesn't it? Sometimes. (laughs) You know, my my Hawaiian name, Iolani, means heavenly hawk. Sometimes I just got to jump in the body and just fly instead and kind of give up and get, you know, rest my legs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Rest my legs it's all that lava rock out there
1: (laughs) you should see the size of my calf
0: (laughs) um we have a, a question that has come in how does someone in a big old crowded city find their own way of cleaning or cleansing
1: it's real simple um any big crowded city. You know what? I've been into a couple of them myself. <laughs> and uh, first thing I would do actually is uh, find the nearest patch of dirt, take my shoes off and stick my feet right in the dirt. Number one. That's the first thing I did. If I ever retained or stayed there, how am I? If I stayed there for any amount of time like I have in Tokyo and New York and a variety of those really big mega cities. Um, what I would do is I acknowledge even the smallest portion of that which is natural around me. Potted plants that have their earth real connection to the natural world. When I jump into the shower, I turn the water on and I stand there and I thank this water because energetically it's attached to me and it's attached to everything around me in under to the cloud people above me, the earth beneath me. It doesn't matter if I'm the 30th floor in that hotel. That water, you know, and doing that blessing in that water, in that tub. It's like utilizing and riding the lightning. Those are ways. Hmm. It's just how aware are we Of the world around us, and their relationship to us, how we acknowledge that every time. Do we stop and acknowledge that water that's giving us its life-blowing juices? Do we all stop and ask for and thank those that have provided this food that it brought to us, Mother Earth, for continuing to provide it for us? And we thank the trees for their never-ending, unending work of continuing to take in the power from the sun above us, of sort that juice from the earth beneath us, and in its love-making and 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 rolling, give us the air that we need—that's clean and clear—and allows us to live. Um, there's a lot of that that can be done anywhere, anywhere any city, any space, any place, I would just say heighten your levels of awareness of how you relate to the world around you and how that world around you relates to you. Acknowledge your level of awareness. Thank all those beings that come in and out of your home. May it be through bottled water, May it be through your pipes. May it be through your potted plants. Activate all of those things through right action. In other words, not just thinking about doing it, but doing it. You know, my grandmother said a long time ago, and I, I remember that every time somebody says, you know, we have to have good intentions. And, and you're right, we do. But what I remember a lot about my grandmother is she's so funny, you know. It Was always so awesome to uh, understand and to grow up under people that had so much to be joyful about, you know, and seeing that as a part of the medicine. Um, she would say, "You know, baby, world is." A prison is full of a lot of people that started off with good intentions. I used to sit there and go, wow. Later on, I would think, I got it, Grandma. It's like, it's one thing to intend it. It's one thing to have those intentions. But if our action, if we don't activate it in the right way, if we don't utilize it and activate and take it into those steps, create motion out of it, then it's just a good intention. It's about activating it through action. And then what happens is that we have a reciprocal action that then occurs. This big old circle opens up. You're acknowledging that tree. That tree turns around and acknowledges you. You're acknowledging these foods, these water. All of a sudden, the water says, oh, my goodness. Finally, they're acknowledging us. Oh, okay. And it heightens its level of its own medicine as it gives it. And we become changed. We change because of it. Physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. We open ourselves even more. We receive more on a deeper level. We give more on a deeper level. And all of that without a thought of our own. Seamless. Stepping into what I like to refer to as the fullness. Yeah. The fullness.
0: Mm. Oh, what a wonderful adventure you've taken us on today. Mahalo. Mahalo to
1: you. (laughs) It's my life. I don't do anything I don't love doing. I don't do anybody I don't love doing. (laughs) (laughs) I am married.
0: (laughs) That's okay. You can have your hair him. (laughs)
1: I like them. Hear him? <laughs> <laughs> Not even the harem anymore. So it's the him Yeah. I, I like that. Mahalo. <laughs> I enjoyed this. I enjoyed sharing. Where will you be traveling <laughs> well, to okay. next? I'm, I, I'm actually going to Northern California here in a couple of weeks. Mm. In a couple of weeks. I'll be there in Northern Cal for a couple of weeks also. I work up there with the. Maidu and I go in and I support the Western Shoshone doing one of their biggest events um uh outside of Battle Mountain, Rock Creek Canyon. And um I get to see a lot of the the different peoples up there. I used to, I, I work with them every October I go over there mm. and I uh, present or talk or share for the Indigenous People's Day ceremonies. Mm. And they kinda got me as one of their fixtures now. I love it. I have a good time with them. I I give them a lot of love. I think that's why they invite me back. (laughs) You can't see me without wanting, you know, I I, I can't see you unless you're going to hug me and stuff like that. I always tell them, don't talk to me until you give me a hug and a kiss. You know, then we talk.
0: Then we talk. I, I wish that way of life would just etch itself back in again. Yeah. So we no, really, to, I, I miss that. I miss that uh, energetic. It's
1: uh, oh my goodness! We're gonna have to come and get you some. Sister.
0: Oh yes, yes. You uh, know, it's it's it's, it's difficult. It's, I, I have to say, you know, even and you see it very clearly in the in the even the schools here. People are you you have to be careful what you do, how you hug, who are you hugging. Oh my goodness, it's multi layered. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and those those parameters were put into place for a reason. But I also do feel that you know those uh, it gets a little overboard
1: sometimes. (laughs) It does, you know, when you build it up on the fear. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. But you know, again, there there are there are those instances out there that feeds that that feeds those fears. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. So the only thing we can do is say our prayers and get out of its way.
0: I I agree with you. Put it out yeah. there. That's all.
1: <laughs> and get out of the prayer's way. There you go. It, let it go and say, bless them. And then do what you love to do. <laughs> I'm right with you on that. Oh. I, I spent uh, summer, most of the summer in Europe. I'll be teaching in um, Switzerland, up in Zurich. Then I'll be teaching in Austria. Um, I have a couple of workshops in in Austria, actually. And then going from there, and um, I'll be spending some time in Croatia with a good friend of mine, Braco. And he's a Croatian, wonderful Croatian man. And uh, then I'm going down and uh, spending some time in Italy with my husband's family where I end up teaching more Ho'oponopono down there than any of the other places combined. Oh!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just bring that glass of beautiful red wine on the table and you can go
1: to it. (laughs) It's really beautiful, you know, going from house to house to house and everybody makes their own. They literally make their own wine. They make their own wine. They make their own olive oil. Um, My husband's auntie, literally will go um, outside about six o'clock in the morning and gather what she needs mm. for the meal for the day. Mm. Love it. Oh, yes. So oh, my alley, you know. I'll, I'll see you there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, the food, the food. Oh. What I like about it is that, you know, they don't treat their grain is totally different than it is over here. Oh, yes. Over here, you know, I don't do dairy and I don't do gluten. But when I go over there their their breads and their their um grains are different. Mm-hmm. I don't get swollen up and all of that stuff as I would here if I ate it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so the United States is just well, you know there's a lot of stuff here in the United States that aren't necessarily porno with our bodies mm, but that's yeah. a good way to put it. I <laughs> on <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness we are speaking with Haliaka Yolani Pule also known as Auntie Aka we have been blessed by your wonderful wisdom and we hope to have you back again very soon maybe even during your travels to follow up with you and to continue your teachings with us I would love it I would love it sister mahalo for having me it's thank been you joy Oh, we have been blessed today. Thank you so much. It's been a long time coming, but you know, we—it's all worth it. <laughs>
1: right, right. We always wait for those good things, don't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mahalo for your time and your blessings.
1: ho. Can I do an oli before you? Uh, that would be lovely. <laughs> Oya i ono ha a'e, ahonui 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 aloha. Eka i'e lō ku. Oya i ono ha aha a'e, ahonui 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 aloha. Eka i'e elokahi ku. Oya i ono ha a'e. Ahonui 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 Aloha Aloha
0: I would of course also like to thank our Yoga Hub team for making this possible and to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We are grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern. Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. If you'd like to share a comment or leave us a message, please feel free to contact us at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S TALK We look forward to hearing from you and until next time Namaste